Welcome to Pros and Cons, a show about a variety of topics. I'm Jack. And I'm Kev. Let's talk about the Super Bowl. Not the puppy bowl, the (laughs) actual thing. Before we get into it, maybe we should start off real quick for people who haven't heard our other Super Bowl slash football episodes on just a quick summary of our general thoughts on the sport. Just to keep it simple, it's the worst sport out there. Um, <laughs> I mean, second to hockey, I guess, but nah, I'm just joking. It's not that bad, but uh, not my favorite sport. However, it has grown on me throughout the years, mostly because of fantasy football. Surprisingly enough, I know like a good amount of players, even though I don't really watch the game. I guess I'm more of a playoff slash Super Bowl watcher. Mm-hmm. And every now and then, if I can catch a, you know, New York Giants best football team out there, just not in the last eight years <laughs> or so. Um, but yeah, I guess just like a casual viewer, not a super fan at all. What about you? Yeah, I used to be more into it when I was younger. I've kind of gone the reverse of you where I was more into it and then I faded over time and... That was also part of, I was just super into sports at that younger age in general. And not that I'm not anymore, but it just spread a little bit more thin, I guess. And I think it was like when Kim Kardashian got with Reggie Bush. It just messed up the game, I'm <laughs> sure. But <laughs> yeah, I got you. But yeah, so I would say sometimes I watch the playoffs, but I pretty much always watch the Super Bowl, at least in the background, depending on the matchup. Yeah, I can agree with that. But for this year that we're focusing on, 2020 to 2021, let's kind of lead up to the Super Bowl. So just in terms of the regular season, any like notable stuff to you that stood out on the pros or cons side? To say the least, it's been like a weird season. Of course, you know, COVID, the whole situation, every sport's kind of going through it. But first thing is that the season kind of like ran up on me. Where, like, I just wasn't even aware. Like, wait. When it was starting? Yeah, like, wait, the season's starting next week? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Because there was no, like, like, practices leading up to it and stuff like that. Nothing, yeah. It was, like, there's usually, like, a little excitement behind it, you know. HBO series, uh, Hard Knocks and shit. None of that was there this year. To the point where, like, you know, people usually do fantasy teams and shit at work with friends or whatever. This year, there was, like, none. I had, like, one at work, and it was, like, super last second. Like, oh, shit, we got to do it, like, <laughs> two days from now because the season starts three days from now. <laughs> and it was, like, so last second. So that was kind of like a shocker. And, yes, it, it was kind of a weird off season too. I mean, there were some big headlines, you know, like Tom Brady to the Bucks. Right. I mean, we'll talk about that more. But yeah. was there anything else that was kind of noticeable? I don't know. The Washington football team name? Right. Which... For people who don't know, they used to be called the Redskins, and at least for the moment, they're just going by plain old Washington football team, which is basically like a, you know, a name that nobody can get mad at, at least in terms of being politically incorrect. Of course, people get mad at it because it's not taking any chances, but what do you think of the name decision at least for this year for them to use okay i give it like a light pro at first uh kind of a joke i mean i think we can all agree it was just funny it's weird it's almost just like when you're playing a video game and you're making your own (laughs) team and it's like the default name before you change it or something 
that's like what it is and then over time you know it kind of starts to grow on you or like you hear it more and then it kind of like becomes normal and i think that was the case where like now you just say it and i don't even think about the name change like the name the reskins isn't like ingrained in my brain like i know it of course like that's what i know the team as but i'm not as connected to the name it was kind of like an easy replacement for me but again that's just me what about you yeah i mean i don't think it should be permanent but i do think it was a good solution for the short term and i agree like the more time went by it felt just better and better not that i like hated it at first but it just became kind of like a funny running gag almost and even right. to the point where like the cleveland indians in baseball said they're changing their name and i wanted them to go with first season cleveland baseball team which they're not going to do supposedly but you know it could have or could in the future inspired other teams to use it as like transition kind of template format which i think could be interesting but again i don't think it should be like permanent stuff because it wouldn't make sense for like the whole nfl to be you know florida football team or something but no i agree with that if anything like let's say they do for some reason keep it i'd kind of be okay with it because I mean, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm assuming they're like the only and first team to be named like that simply. I think if so. they're the first, like that's fine. That's kind of cool and weird in a, its own way. But yeah, I mean, otherwise there were different small things during the season, even like with the COVID stuff, like you mentioned, there was one game where the Broncos didn't have like four of their quarterbacks and had to use, it was like a guy from another position or he would, like came up from something i forget what it was but a lot of just craziness happening and there was some other stuff but we could also just kind of touch on that during the playoff discussion right because some of that falls into that anyway so do you want to head over to the playoff side i mean yeah i wouldn't say it was the most eventful wild card series this year but there were some interesting matchups to say the least somehow some way that washington football team made the playoffs instead of the giants still stinks i didn't even want to mention that but <laughs> i knew you'd bring it up but yeah surprise um they are in a terrible division i mean the giants could have made it the cowboys could have made it but the team without a actual name made it um, <laughs> they didn't make it far because they faced the buccaneers who made it to the super bowl if you guys don't know by now but they also had the browns who faced the steelers who have a little bit of a history at this point they're like rivals right or at least have created a rivalry like the last couple years right but the browns did beat the steelers and moved on without odell who's once again injured which real quick i have to say i'm a big fan of odell i mean ex-giant one of the greatest catches of all time but teams just seem to play better when he's benched or injured and that's sad to see curse or coincidence I guess <laughs> only the future would tell. Lamar Jackson got his first playoff dub. I mean, one of the best quarterbacks we have right now, but has a history of flopping in the playoffs so far. It's a young career, but at least he took a step in the right direction here. Saints moved on. The Bills moved on. And the LA Rams moved on. But that was pretty much the wild card. And also in the Bears-Saints game that you mentioned... 
that was one that they broadcasted on Nickelodeon. A separate broadcast, like that wasn't the only place you could watch it, but I didn't really see it. I just saw like clips and highlights, but they did like a slime zone when people went into the end zone and had like a different set of announcers and had like a special MVP type award. I forget what it was called. But what do you think of like that whole approach? Because obviously we've talked about how we're Nickelodeon kids who grew up on that and fans of it. I think it was a pretty creative idea. Would I want to watch an entire game that way? I don't know. Because I didn't, I also didn't watch the game. So I just saw the highlights. I don't know if I'd get tired of all the effects. Right. When like people are running and they put like cartoon dust <laughs> particles or like smoke, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Tyreek Hill, like it's really fast or whatever. Seems fun. It looked fun. Again, like in highlights, it's kind of cool. Watching an entire game like that, I don't know. I'd have to experience it myself. But I saw that like when they were kicking field goals or whatever it is or extra points, SpongeBob was like literally making up the entire space between the uprights and shit which is interesting but kind of <laughs> makes it hard to track the ball right <laughs> so you just kind of see it appear out of nowhere um when it passes the animation and shit but still it's like pretty fun and i'd give it like a light pro again like you don't have to con it because it wasn't the only place showing the game, I believe. It was just, like, one of the options. Yeah, exactly. And I guess for kids and shit. So, I don't... I wouldn't mind if they keep doing that over the years. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely for the experimentation of it. Right, and it's, like, a weird way to push the sport to your kids. Right, although I saw people saying, you know, it was marketed as something to get kids into football, but it really turned out to be more adults who wanted the nostalgia of it. I think it's like a double positive, yeah, like if you want the nostalgia, it's there. But yeah, with the playoffs, let's go on to the divisional rounds. So down to eight teams here. And, you know, switching around on the channels, we go from the Nickelodeon game to the History Channel game. Bruh. Not broadcasts (laughs) on there, but it could have been. Are you talking about... The Bucks versus Saints. Correct, yep. Talking about two dinosaurs facing each other (laughs) to see who's the best. Brady versus Breeze. Let's just say Drew Breeze is now extinct. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he is actually most likely retiring, so you're not wrong. What a beast. I mean, not to talk shit, like the guy is legit a beast. Played through... I remember they, like, had even a stat of, like, how many broken fucking bones and (laughs) injuries he's had over his career and stuff he's played through. Even just this season, right? He went through, like, two Mm -hmm. or three injuries this season? I think so. Which is why Jameis Winston, like, had playoff time and, like, other backup quarterbacks and shit. Just because Drew Brees was trying, but just didn't have enough. And just in case you guys don't know, we're talking about Drew Brees facing Tom Brady both being the oldest quarterbacks in the game at least at the moment i believe tom brady's at 43 insanely old to be a football (laughs) player and then drew Brees, a little behind them at 40 but yeah breeze is all but retired at this point in terms of like he hasn't announced it but everyone's saying and he kind of indicated that this is a wrap now anytime now like we're waiting for that little video clip or that message of like, yep, yeah, 
I'm gonna hang my jersey up and walk into the sunset. But yeah, so Bucks moved on, and then in the other games, we had Lamar trying to move forward. Like you had mentioned, he's had some trouble before, but this time he faced a concussion, and that kind of got rid of their chances for them playing against the Bills. They did have like one opportunity with the backup QB that they could have made it a game, but didn't work out, and they did not pull through. The Bills went ahead, and actually, speaking of concussions, Patrick Mahomes of the Chiefs also got one in this series, but his backup, Chad Henney, did get the job done, and the Chiefs moved on against the Browns. And then the other game, Packers versus Rams, Packers made it through. We start getting serious. We move on to the conference championships. Bucks versus Packers, Bills versus Chiefs. Obviously, if you know who went to the Super Bowl, you know the winners here have the Buccaneers somehow, some way beating the Packers. I mean, that game, the Packers, it's just so many poor decisions like not going for it on fourth down when they needed to and just so many bad calls that they didn't make themselves not like bad calls that the referees made like just dumb decisions by them that just bad coaching they blew yeah, the it, was game. Like, it was one of those frustrating ones and everyone watching whether you watch football or not it's like yo that's a bad decision yeah that says a lot and hey it may lead to aaron Rodgers leaving green bay even though he just won the MVP again, but he might head somewhere else. I'll take him in New York. I mean... <laughs> That'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, like, we got Daniel Jones. I like the guy, young. I think he has a future. Just got to put a couple weapons around him, but I would not hesitate to take a year or two of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> like, the guy's a beast. I mean, got MVP, so... And speaking of, you know, New York teams... Obviously, you root for the Giants. I don't really have a team, but were you rooting at all for the Bills since they're technically a New York team? Yeah, I feel like I was rooting for them throughout the playoffs until this game because I guess I just like Patrick Mahomes a little bit more than I like the Bills, period. Mm -hmm. However, I wouldn't be mad if they were the ones that made it through. Yeah, I like Josh Allen. It's a good team. I don't claim the Bills, but it is technically New York. And it's not rooting for the Jets. I don't think I'll ever see myself doing that, you know. That's like being a Mets fan, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, I guess in this game, I was still rooting for the Chiefs. Well, you got your wish. They went through. It wasn't a surprise that Patrick Mahomes was going to get through. And, again, it made it exciting. Like, sometime during the playoffs, we kind of saw what was going to happen. It's like, yo, the young versus the old. It's probably going to be Tom Brady again going for his seventh reign, and we're going to see Patrick Mahomes, who's like the Steph Curry in Golden State with like the nice team when they went on their little streak of winning. And it's just like the exciting team versus like the just the classic good quarterback Tom Brady team. And that was the game. And can't say I was mad about that. Yeah, although also, you know, just to add on to what you're saying, this is Brady with a completely new team. He's done it for years with the Patriots. That was his squad. But now this is his first year with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he led them to the Super Bowl, to this final Super Bowl matchup. It wasn't just Brady's back, but he's back. 
at 43 with the new team. I've had this weird thing where, like, I've always respected Tom Brady, you know, unlike Michael Jordan and shit. Well, I don't <laughs> respect that at all. I've always had this respect for Brady, which is weird. I never liked Brady. It's like I know a goat when I see one, you know? <laughs> Do you feel like you liked him more after he left the Patriots or felt like you could like him more? Like him switching teams and all that shit, I didn't really feel any different. I think I still recognized him and see him as, like, literally the greatest quarterback to play in the NFL. No, oh, yeah, I you think were I saying. Feel it's the more same. of a respect thing than yeah, a like Yeah, like, I always thing. respected him. And on the other end of things, with Patrick Mahomes, I know we've talked about him on past episodes because the Chiefs won the Super Bowl last year, and I think we both have, like, a extra level of... Not appreciation, but, like, we like him a little bit more because his dad was a baseball player, which is, like, our favorite sport, so it's, like, a cool extra thing. And there's even a picture that always goes around of, like, his dad holding him in, like, a mini twins uniform while they're on the field and stuff, too. No, yeah, it's for sure part of the bias and why I like him. I think he was, like, a baseball player through college or in college, too. Yeah, I know he played for a while. And... I'm sure it's one of those situations where, like, he probably could have chose whichever of the sports and made it to the professionals. Obviously, I mean, he did it in football, but he probably would have made it to the majors in baseball, too, if he wanted to. Now that we've kind of covered both sides, I definitely pro the idea of this matchup. It was like, you've been saying this old versus new, this kind of changing of the guard, potentially, or can Brady defend himself and still remain on top as a goat and what would that all look like so i think there were a lot of good storylines there and interesting matchup also because it's not just the patriots again this is a new team that he's doing it with with the bucks like i had mentioned so i would pro the matchup i was leaning more towards kansas city and I wasn't really sure who was going to win. Like, I feel like you should never underestimate Brady, but the Chiefs have also been good. So I wasn't really sure where everything was going to fall. Yeah, uh, I could probably agree to all that. The matchup was good. Old versus the new. And not just the new. It's like the potential guy that can possibly reach Brady's achievements. You know, we're talking yeah. about like one-in-a-generation type of talent with Patrick Mahomes. The guy can do it all. Do feel the same way, though. Uh, you don't want to bet against Tom Brady, obviously. The guy's going for seven rings at this point. But you also don't want to bet against Patrick Mahomes' like athleticism overall. So that was that. I was also leaning towards the Chiefs. One, I guess I'm a bigger fan of Mahomes. But I also put, like, $50 on the game last second at work <laughs> on the Chiefs. Again, like, at this point... It almost seems even, you know, like the experience versus like the talent and shit like that. But with all that said, this game had so much potential that it could have reached and it got nowhere near as close as it should have. Right. So let's get into the game, which, like you're saying, I feel like we've been kind of building up this episode so far to this matchup that was supposed to be so great. And we'll get into some of the details of the game, but it just wasn't. And the Bucks just dominated. But part of that was also 
the Chiefs, like, did it to themselves. They were, like, committing suicide the whole game. I mean, the amount of penalties that they had was just... I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, it just... Everything was kind of going against them. From jump, they were just mostly dumb defensive decisions by the players. Grabbing jerseys, doing holdings. Kind of letting the big moments get to their heads when... Should have just stayed calm and trusted the process you know and kind of got out of hand and it's kind of tough to come back when even if you score like the defense is just not going to hold you up so kind of puts you in a tough spot yeah and I think it mainly came down to like the most important stretch of the game was they were down 7-3 Tampa was like trying to go in right at the goal line for another touchdown And the Chiefs, like, actually stopped them this, like, the beginning of the second quarter. But then they can't do anything. The kicker gets the yips. And part of that is due to a penalty where the second kick that he has to do is just terrible compared to the first. And then the Bucks are driving. The Chiefs get an interception, but it's a penalty, so it doesn't count. And then they force the Bucks to kick a field goal, but then there's a penalty, so they get a first down. And then they get a touchdown. And then the Chiefs are like trying to drive to get a touchdown before the half. But they can't do it. They just get a field goal. But as any even casual football fan will know, you can't give Brady any time. So even though it was like a minute or a little over a minute left or something, he drives down the field. They score. It's 21-6 at the half. And to me, like, at that point, the game was already over. Yeah, every bad play, bad call, whatever it was, just seemed to always be followed up by another one. It was always like a chain. It wasn't just one. It's like, oh, this happened? Oh, so this is going to get in their head. And the next play, boom, another one. And it was like a chain reaction every time. And it was just like, yo, this is getting out of hand and super quickly. And you can tell in the Chiefs players, they were, like, frustrated. And then you could tell in the Tampa Bay players that they were just like, oh, we got this in the bag like we're in their heads and yeah they were not gonna come back after but yeah like i honestly think the bugs won this like in the first quarter but just like momentum wise yeah like mentally they just were hungrier i guess you hear that shit all the time in sports but you could kind of see it this time yeah and the second half was just pointless like i watched some of the beginning kind of like half watching on my phone and then after a few minutes when they weren't doing anything it was clear it was over like I went up and took a shower like I was just done I didn't even watch the rest of the game it was just so bad and there have been like other blowout games before that we've seen but I feel like this was one of the most disappointing just because of the level of hype of the matchup and it did not live up to it anywhere close and Yeah, it still has, like, some kind of special storyline to it with Brady getting his seventh ring. And, you know, there's stuff with, like, Gronk having the first touchdown and second touchdown and even got A.B. in there. But it's just, yeah, I don't know. It was not a fun game to watch. Not at all. Even though, to be honest with you, most Super Bowls are, like, boring. I don't know what it is. I don't remember the last time a Super Bowl was exciting to me. Probably have to go back to like 09 when the Giants took it. But 
or oh wait, oh nine was the Yankees, but and the Giants also took it in twenty ten, right or eleven. Well, yeah, I mean twenty ten or it's, it's weird with the starting. Yeah, ending. with the year switches <laughs> or in between year seasons. Let's fix that NFL. Let's fix it. But yeah, they just always seem to be low scoring. I get it. Like you're technically the two best teams, so it's a lot of defense. Everything is crucial, but they're just not super exciting. I mean, there were a handful of other playoff games this year before that that felt more interesting and exciting than this. Yeah, most. Even even like the Bucks versus Green Bay game was way yeah, more exciting. For sure. It was like a lot of bad mistakes on that shit too, but at least the score was really close to the point where like you stayed interested. You can't say the same about this game. Or even the Bucks versus Saints, you know, the game of the dinosaurs was even a little funner than this. Yeah, it had the narrative, but it stayed a little bit more competitive and a little closer. But yeah, this game was really like a disappointing one. Overall, like disappointing game. And, you know, we talked about Brady a bunch this episode, but this is like now two decades of him winning, which is just crazy. I don't know how many years he has left at this point. I mean, he's 43, but he doesn't look like he's slowing down. So I wonder how long this will continue. Not at all. That shit is like scary. It's on some LeBron shit where like, if anything, the guy looks sharper than like his last Super Bowl, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, he made it look easy. He has like an upgrade on everything when it comes to talent around him. Yeah, like the Patriots had good defense and shit, which is mostly how they won. But now he has Mike Evans. He has Godwin. His running backs were doing a bunch of work today. Like, he has, like, legit dudes around him now. And on top of that, a great defense. So as long as that team stays together, it's going to be a problem. Like, this dude could easily win another one. Yeah. I don't know how much we can use it as an excuse, but the whole time, I guess, we kind of knew that Patrick Mahomes was coming in slightly injured from what we know. I mean, you mentioned he got a concussion a couple weeks back had what was it like turf toe or some shit like that they kept mentioning which is like a foot injury he was seen limping a couple times during the game but the guy played so i don't want to fully use it as an excuse but it's also it was less on him and more their defense was just killing them the whole game no yeah like the guy literally had to run like on 60 70 percent of the plays like he was getting close to getting sacked on all of them but so, also yeah, I mean, the Chiefs defense, too, with all the penalties and everything, like, he was the only one doing anything for the Chiefs. It just wasn't enough. It pains me. Like, yeah, I wanted them to win and all that shit. But, yo, Patrick Mahomes legit had two of the craziest football throws I have ever seen. Legit hits on both of the throws. Wide receivers straight in their masks. We're talking about accurate throws, like, on your face. Like, if you're aiming, that's where you want to aim. Like, the receiver should have missed this. This is straight in their eyes. And they're just dropped. Like, that one where he legit dove. We're talking about, think baseball, like Superman diving, but throwing a ball 30, 40 yards and hitting your receiver in the face, and they just drop it. So, it was, like, frustrating in that way, too, where, like, this guy is legit leaving it all out there, but he was the only one really putting in work. Yeah, I mean, this isn't the same exact comparison, but I saw someone post, like, that image of Jimmy Butler just tired as hell, 
from Yo. the playoffs last year, like leaning over the table when he played like almost the whole game that time. And it was like Patrick Mahomes tonight. And I mean, it was kind of true. I mean, Jimmy had more help, but same idea of, like you said, just putting it all out there. And in this case, he was just getting not only not the help, but his own team was working against him with everything we mentioned. So for real, it was just embarrassing, honestly, for Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, at least for the game overall, that's an easy one for me to con. Yeah, I would even maybe go major con because even though the matchup was good, which helps the game, the fact that it was so disappointing in relation to that makes it even worse of how bad the game was. So I'm going to go with a major con for the game. But aside from the actual football being played, we should go to some of the musical performances, which are always part of the Super Bowl. I mean, real quick, to start it off, we both were unaware that Her was doing the national anthem. I saw zero promo about that. Yeah, I don't think I was aware either, um, unless I saw it and didn't pay attention to it. But again, like, I think I would have known or at least mentioned it to someone <laughs> or you at least, you know? And by the way, this is H-E-R. That's her name as a singer. It's not just some random Her, like a random woman for people who don't know. <laughs> yeah yeah so it was a little bit of a surprise unless it was last second for them i don't know uh, maybe not maybe they just didn't really promote it so yeah her little performance of god bless america i thought was pretty dope she's fucking really talented i mean her voice is what i know her for but she also did it while playing guitar yeah i think the guitar was a nice touch and i felt like almost always these sound like exactly the same even if it's like a singer i approve of but this, like, felt different. It felt like it brought something else to the performance of it. Yeah, it made it unique in its own and memorable. And she looked dope as fuck. It was, like, a memorable, dope look. She looked like a rock star up there, to be honest. Even though she's, like, an R&B singer. And, yeah, that's a major pro. She yeah. had my eyes, like, the whole minute she was on the screen. I think I said national anthem for her. But like mm -hmm. you said, that was God Bless America. But anyway, so Jasmine Sullivan and some country guy, I don't know his name, did the national anthem, and that was okay. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It was one of those duets to catch the eye. It had a little bit of the countryside, <laughs> little black spice on it. It was a beautiful uh, mixture right there for the people. And yeah, it was whatever, nothing crazy. But then, moving on to halftime which is always the main show we had the weekend performing this year. We both have talked on the show before about how, you know, we've been into the weekend at various points in the past, but we're also kind of like bored with him right now. Don't get me wrong. Like I like the weekend. I don't dislike the guy, but also like not the first person I think about when I think about a Super Bowl halftime show. I know he's pop. I know he's, worldwide but i wouldn't say he's middle america yeah no maybe that doesn't matter and i don't know if it has to do with the season and the covid and i wouldn't say it was last second because we've known this for a while but it was him and i wasn't expecting much out of it to be honest with you funny shit is like i know every single song he sang 
I wouldn't say word by word, but I could sing along to some of the parts. Mm-hmm. He's a good performer. So I knew it wasn't going to be bad, but... I wouldn't say I was hyped about it, and I wasn't expecting much either. But I also felt like I knew he was going to deliver some kind of massive thing. Because we've seen him in recent years really chase trying to be a huge pop star. So now with this platform, I knew he was going to try to push that and take advantage of it. And I think he definitely did go for it. Isn't there some like crazy article out there that said that like he dropped like five or six mil of his own money? Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, like he dropped legit like from his pocket, put it up to his standards of what he wanted the show to look like, which is insane. But with that said, I didn't mind the show at all. A decent choice of songs. Obviously, I think I knew that he was going to go with the most popular, more radio played songs, the top hits on iTunes and shit, you know, like he's not going to go back to the trilogy days like it's more underground but didn't EP he do days. some house of balloons part or something did he do one i think he started with like one or two old ones yeah but anyway yeah mostly the popper but you know that's like the ones he did on the stage by himself when the crowd went wild this one he started with the star boy right and the i feel it coming with daft punk you know like the actual hits hits which again to no surprise these are the ones that like the people know and actually got radio playing shit so that's that the whole look that he's wearing you know with the red jacket and the whole surgery thing i think played out pretty well the initial stage was kind of boring or whatever he had like a choir behind him but it was okay i think it did start getting better when he went under the stage and there was like the lights and there was like a little fisheye action i don't know if you caught that in like the mirror room yeah the mirror walls and then all the people with the surgery masks covers that looked like mummies came out started dancing that was visually cool i think i didn't hate that and then again it went like stadium status like super big when he got back out and they were literally using the whole field to like dance on and shit i like that that felt like a halftime super bowl performance i would say like the first half kind of did it i don't know if i could break this grading up into two parts i would probably like like con the beginning but the second half of the performance i'd probably give it like a pro in terms of the very beginning, I actually really liked the first opening shot. I don't know if you remember that, where he's, like, sitting in the car and, like, the different lights yeah, come yeah. on and stuff. I thought that was cool. Then it was kind of, like, boring for me. I was, like, half watching, half on my phone for a while. And, like, the mirror thing was okay. It was, like, something different. But that end part with the field was definitely my favorite section I mean, it's also from his last album, I think, the best single on there. So, I mean, I knew he was going to do it, but I think it worked out with that song and the field combo where he had all the people wearing that same jacket and bandage look out there. And that was also, you know, taking advantage of usually there's people on the field, but with COVID stuff. He was able to do that over the whole course of the field. So I think in general, he was like experimenting and trying to go for different things. So I definitely pro that in terms of like how it all kind of played out. I would give it probably like a very light pro 
because it wasn't just sticking to the same old script, I'll lean more pro. But I also wasn't, like, over the moon about it either. I mean, I definitely didn't hate it like some people did. Like, it got, from what I saw, from people, like, I follow and stuff, not a good reception. But the mirror part also did become, like, a meme. But of just, like, you know... (laughs) When my friends tell me they're at the back of the bar and I'm trying to get through to the back. <laughs> like, all this stuff. Yeah, because it was like a super close fisheye. So it's like a weird angle really close to the face and has almost like a drunk effect on it. Right. I think I saw one, too, that was like, oh, me, when I'm fucked up and I'm just telling all my homies how much I love them. <laughs> <laughs> Which is funny as hell, because, like, I have friends that do that shit. My dad is one of those people, too. Where he'll just, like, hug you and get close to you. Like, yo, I love you, my guy. I'm like, oh, one of those. So that shit was pretty funny. Yeah, I think another one was, like, when I'm trying to follow the waitress at Cheesecake Factory leading to my table. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I didn't see that. But that's, that's pretty funny. But speaking of, on that end, let's go to the commercials, which are always another key part of the super bowl but to me at least this felt like a super weak year for commercials i would say this could be like the worst year for commercials it was pretty I feel bad like i've yeah. said that before but i think this one has a beat i think two commercials stand out for me and i wouldn't say it's for the any good reason is the drake one one of them i do remember that but i wasn't gonna mention that that was like a State Farm one, right? Yeah, Drake from State Farm instead of Jake's from State Farm. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. There were still the cameos and commercials. I think Post Malone was on one. Right, yeah. With a bunch of other people. All right, so the two that stood out to me that were kind of like Super Bowl level, in my opinion, was the Amazon one with Michael B. Jordan. I think I'd heard about that one, but I didn't see it live. The premises, I guess, is like this lady, it seems like at Amazon headquarters or something, like a head designer. And she's like, yeah, the, I guess they're holding like one of their Alexas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, it's perfect. Like, I wouldn't think of any other thing to embody Alexa or some shit like that. And as she's saying that, she looks out the window and it's like a bus with <laughs> like Michael B. Jordan's face, like I had. And she's like, uh, and she starts daydreaming. <laughs> like if Alexa was Michael B. Jordan. Right. And like she has Michael B. Jordan like in her house as Alexa. <laughs> like, oh, Alexa, read me a book. And it's Michael B. Jordan like reading her the book. Right, right. And the husband's like getting jealous and shit. Like, who is this guy? <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Um, so that that was like funny and like weird, weirdly sexual how Super Bowl ads tend to be. But I think it worked. I think it was clever. And the other commercial was more like, I can't believe they made this. And I also don't know if you saw this one because it was so fucking long and monotone. And it was like a Jeep one of like a guy saying this whole speech about America. And I saw like to... a tweet about it, but I didn't see the actual thing. <laughs> and the fucking commercial just ends with a screen that says the reunited States of America. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, they were trying so hard to make this, like, awoke. Th- I don't even know. It, <laughs> the message was so fucking weird. But that one, I remember it for, like, the wrong reasons. But, yeah, those were, like, the only two that stood out. One good, one not good at all. But 
there was just like a lot of butt average commercials. Yeah, I'll just mention two connected ones. One of them actually missed the actual airing of it because I was like in the shower, but I saw it online after was the Timothy Chalamet and Winona Ryder one where it's basically an Edward Scissorhands remake where he plays the son but with the same scissor hands and then it's like a cadillac commercial so he does like driverless driving at the end which like it was well done in terms of the stuff with him as that character but then the car stuff at the end like ruins it a bit and that one was still like not that bad and like timothy worked well and winona but then there was one with Wayne's World, where it's like them in their kind of old setup and costumes, but then they bring in Cardi B, and that one was like so forced, like no hate to Cardi at all, but so forced the whole thing, and I hate when they overdo those things. It's just too much. Yeah, I can agree with that. This has always seem forced, and like, what makes the commercial special it's like the cameo by these famous people or yeah you just get hit by the nostalgia but it doesn't make me want the cadillac anymore or whatever it is that you're promoting if anything the whole time i'm like oh look timothy but you're not even really paying attention at right what the commercial is about or whatever you know so yeah but yeah overall commercials are definitely a major con for this year yeah major con it was no good and overall, for the Super Bowl, with everything included, game, music, etc., definitely solid to Major Con overall. I'd probably go Major Con overall. I don't know. I guess you could argue it's just a solid, but definitely somewhere in that solid to Major Con range. Yeah, I would definitely go with a solid con. The game itself wasn't exciting at all. It was pretty disappointing. However, we are witnessing history, which... I guess gives it a point or two, you know, we're seeing Tom Brady being the GOAT, getting seven rings. I give it a few points up because of the halftime show. I kind of enjoyed the later half a little bit more. Like I said, everything else definitely could get a con. So I wouldn't go major, major con, but for sure, at least a solid. Also, one last thing before we go, the logo, major con, because this is supposed to be Super Bowl LV. But they put the trophy in the middle, so it looked like L-I-V, which was last year. And it's like, what are you doing? How did this get approved to run? Yeah, I don't know. Con it. All right, so that wraps it up for this episode of Pros and Cons. I'm Jack. You can find me at Jack Bloom Summer, Summer with an O, on everything. And I'm Kev. You can find me at Same Old Kev pretty much everywhere. I'm going to make a prediction for halftime show next year, Dua Lipa. I think it's more likely that the Giants win the Super Bowl, but we'll see about that.